Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith here with Pastor Steve. How are you doing today, Pastor Steve? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, at this point, we've made it two months. We have. Two That's months right. with ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. And uh, it's been, well, Shots of Grace Radio yeah. and ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. And I've uh, got some feedback from some folks, and we're glad to be hearing from you. Uh, you can visit our website at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com. You can also find the page on Facebook. Uh, just look for Shouts of Grace, uh, where we've been posting uh, videos of the episode. And you can go to the website at ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com for previous episodes. Today, I'm really excited about today's episode because we're reminded that God is always calling us. He's always inviting us. And not because God is desperate, but because God is caring. He's also pleading with us. Mm. And and today, we're going to be looking at the plea to be forgiven that we are in a condition as human beings of sin and sinfulness. And and because of our sin, we're separated from God. But God has offered us a way to deal with the sin mm. and a way to be forgiven. And so he is inviting us. He is pleading with us. He is calling us, come to me and have your sins forgiven. And uh, I'm really excited to hear about that. But take us to, to God's word, Pastor Steve. Yeah, so so one of the one of the texts that I really I really camp out on when it comes to this is in Isaiah um chapter 1 verse 18 uh starting in verse 18 it says come now this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah uh come now let us reason together says the Lord though your sins are like scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they are red like crimson they shall become like wool if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Hmm. Um, you know, the first thing, Keith, that just amazes me as a Christian, I've walked with the Lord for 25 years. And the, the, the thing that just amazes me is that God would even plead with me. <laughs> you know, it's like, God doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't mm-hmm. owe the sinner anything. I owe him everything, right? And so the fact that a God would bend divinity to humanity in order to reach the 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 ones that don't deserve to be reaching to uh, don't deserve to be reached is mind blowing to me, right? I mean, what kind of what kind of God would do that, right? And so the fact that he starts off by saying, "Let's reason together," right, and then he just points out emphatically the condition of the one he wants to reason with your sins are like scarlet. You know, you, you, you are in this, in this, this place of deadness and, mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing you can do. And I want to clean that or to make it white like wool. You know, we sing that song is white as snow. We used to sing that song a long time ago as white <laughs> as snow. I don't think I've heard anybody sing that in, <laughs> in 20 years, but, but just for me to wrap my, my mind around this, um, that God would plea with humanity just mm-hmm. demonstrates the heart and the love of, of a father towards, towards his creation. 
Because God's standard for us is righteousness, because he is righteous. He calls us to holiness. That's even right. even uh, Moses would invite the people to be holy as God is holy. I mean, how is that even possible? But, but that's the standard. It, the possibility, uh, you know, the ability to attain it is not the issue. The, the reality and the necessity for it is the issue. God is holy, and he must be approached in holiness. And in this whole chapter, Isaiah 1, he is dealing with the wickedness of Judah that has become a sinful nation. And he sums it up in, in here in verse 18, your sins are like scarlet. Like this this is a irremovable stain. That's you right. have been dyed deep, deep red by your sin. This wool cannot be, there's, there's not enough bleach, you know, to undo this. Something needs to be transformed. And he's inviting us to come to that place of forgiveness. But 19, he says this, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. What, what does that mean, if you're willing and obedient? Is it possible that a person can recognize their sinful condition, but they're unwilling to be forgiven? Is that possible? Yeah. I, you know, I'll tell you what, b- before, before we answer, mm. answer that, you, you actually brought something up, you know, when you talked about, um, you know, the, the idea of it being red like crimson, you being stained like crimson. Um, there's something here that, that, you know, is to me is fascinating. Um, in Psalm 22, um, I think it's right around verse five or six. I think it's in verse six. Um, it, it's, it's a messianic Psalm and, and it says of, of, you know, the idea is that the Messiah would be speaking this. And he says, I am a worm and no man. Right. And here's something interesting. Um, or I'm not a man and I'm a worm. It's one of it's, it's reversed. I think, uh, depending on what version you have. Right. <laughs> um, but here's, what's interesting. The worm there that he's talking about is, is a specific worm. It's, it's called a caucus elysis. Here's, what's interesting about this worm, Keith. And it plays into, 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 I believe in Isaiah 118, this particular worm, um, would actually crawl up onto the base of a tree and it would embed itself into the tree permanently. And, and really what it was doing, it was, just, it was preparing itself for two things when it would do that. Number one, it was preparing itself to die and it was preparing itself to give birth. And what would happen is it would have its eggs and, and as that, the, that, that worm would give birth, it would actually, it would actually give, it would actually give birth in the process of death and it would die. And, and, and here's what's interesting. Once that worm died on its young, it, it oozed out this red dye. They would actually harness this dye and they would use it um, to, to, to dye garments and stuff. And it would permanently stain the young. But here's the fascinating thing about that. Three days, and this is no joke, three days later, as that worm would lo- lost its life and, and, and that dye would, would kind of turn, it would turn white and it would turn into a waxy substance that would then flake off the tree. And I love the picture of that. It is mind-blowing that God has placed the gospel in creation. And when you read Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, when he's saying, your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, they are red like crimson, they shall become white you know, like wool— you see that in what happened with Jesus, right? Wow. Jesus embedded himself into the tree permanently. There ain't anybody. I mean, yes, he resurrected, but that is that is a, that is something that he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. There is a permanent impression upon the minds of men when they see the creator of the universe crucified on a cross, right? But the wonderful thing about that is when he climbed up onto the cross, 
he did the same thing, two things. He, in giving birth to the Christian or to the, to, to, to the person who would be saved, he was himself dying and his blood would stain those, those of his offspring. And three days later, right, he would, of course, rise. And now we are, we are his righteousness or we're depicted as being clothed in white wool. Just mind-blowing how God depicts this within the pages of Scripture, all to say this, my plea is for the sinner to be forgiven. That's incredible. Where science and theology meet. I have to start calling <laughs> you Pastor Steve, the Bible <laughs> science guy. Uh, wow, that is fascinating information. And I, I have to tell you this, that is one of the, the things in my Christian journey that continues to amaze me over and over again is how God will put the gospel into creation. Amen. And it's it, it's more than metaphor. It is more than than just parable or um it it it, it really is ingrained in his creation that he desires to have a relationship with his creation and he he has and continues to make the way for us. And if he's got to use a worm <laughs> as an illustration, he will use it for us. Um right. because the message is the same. On and incidentally, level. too, the, the 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 nickname for that worm is the crimson is is the crimson worm, mm. or um, I think it's called um, no, it's called the crimson worm or um, the scarlet worm. So mm. either one of those kind of yeah. comes from pulls from my Isaiah one eighteen yeah. and nineteen. So fascinating. I just yeah. I love God. What, what God did? Who thought of that? I mean, who was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit sitting up there thinking we're just going to throw something in creation just to kind of send them a, a an esoteric message? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. But thankfully, we're not left to investigating worms to figure it That's out. That's right. But he Amen. did make it clear, Amen. and and it is so important for us to see that that God God is a God of purpose, and He sends us a message of purpose. And the message again is this: that God wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to be cleansed and and made righteous. Righteous. He wants our sins to be removed and for us to become white as snow. Hmm. And 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 the dividing line here, and, and we begin kind of the segment with that question, if you are willing and obedient. So it's possible for a person to hear this clear message of forgiveness and yet to resist it. Yeah. It's not only possible, it's it's depicted in scripture. You know, we're going through through the Gospel of John in 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 you know at Redemption Hill mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings, as you know, and and the relationship that Jesus has with those Pharisees is is an unfortunate one because, you know, as we're gonna as as, as we looked at a couple of weeks ago, you know, he he actually goes to them in John ten and he says to them, because they say, Stop keeping us in suspense. Tell us, are you are you the are you the Messiah? And he says I've already told you, you know, I've, I've already, I've told you, but you can't hear, you won't listen. You're, mm. he, he's pleading with them and they don't get it. And I think, you, you know, Keith, it, here's the reality, you know, it, it, scripture would tell us that, that nobody can come to Jesus or nobody can, can come to, come to God unless the father draws him. And, and Jesus says something very interesting and there's huge theological implications, which we won't cover on this episode, maybe on another, but he says in that same chapter, all that the Father has given me will come to me. And then he kind of undergirds that in John 10. And he says, the reason you don't believe is because you're not my sheep. If you were my sheep, you'd hear my voice. So the answer is yes, we can be people that are religiously orientated and we can hear the gospel and never understand the plea of God, you know, to be forgiven and just kind of let it pass right through. But when it says, you ask the question, you know, when it says, if you are willing and obedient, what does that mean? You know, 
it's 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 a deal of the century for for the sinner, right? <laughs> you know, Second Corinthians five twenty uh, one says, you know that that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. It's an imputed righteousness. It's a gift. It's like God saying here. I will give you holiness and righteousness, you know, and I will take your sin in 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 place and I will put it upon my son. I mean, that's a, that's a deal. But the willing and obedient part is I got to be willing to capitulate. I got to be willing to bend my knee and to surrender my will to God's will and understand that God is the only one that can offer that. And no no righteous act, no 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 church, no organization no one else can offer that, God alone, but it's going to require obedience on my part to the gospel. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. And so there's not a way for me to for, to forgive my own sins, and there's not a way for me to earn the forgiveness of God. There is simply a need on my part to respond to the invitation of God to come and reason with Him, to come at, at His plea. And and that reason together, that's interesting too, because um, it, it can also speak of a bit of a contention there. Like this is this is a contentious line. I have to realize that God is right. Um, confession is is agreeing. You know, when we are to confess our sins, because He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. First uh, John one nine. That confession is a place of agreement with God as the righteous judge. And so, when God is calling us to come and reason together, He's He's saying, "Come, if you've got to argue this out with me, go ahead and argue it out with me." Uh, but but the ultimate reality is I'm right, and you're going to need to accept and agree with my judgment. And the judgment is you are a sinful person, and and you just said it. There's no amount of religious duty that 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 can cover that up, and that's what the whole uh, uh, first chapter of Isaiah is all about. It's Judah's you know false righteousness, all this religious duty that's just not covering up the fact that they are sinful, wicked people. And God is saying, come and dispute this with me. Come and argue this with me. Come and talk about this with me. And what's going to happen is you're going to agree yeah, or the, you're going to disagree. I 100% agree. The, the picture is that of a courtroom. It's, mm-hmm. it's let's come and let's reason together. If you want to go into court with God and you want to reason with the judge, the judge has the law on his side. Right. And the law does not impart grace. The law imparts sentence. That's it. It's cut and dry. So if a person wants to go in and they want to reason with God on the basis of law or performance or or adhering to a set of moral standards or you know how you have some sort of you know moral trajectory that that's you know you view is is acceptable that's contrary to what scripture says is is righteousness in Christ then here's your problem you are going to stand as Jesus said um in John 12 he said I did not come into the world to judge the world he says I'm sorry, that was in in first in, in John chapter three. You know, right, but the world's right. already condemned, he said. That's so, right. so so the whole idea is you're already judged, right? And so if you want to reason with God on the basis of that, all that's left for you is the penalty phase. That that really is it. But if you come in and you want to reason with God on the basis of first John two one, with first John two one says that that it's the will of God that we wouldn't sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate 
with the father. And that is a, that is a, 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 a lawyer term. That is a defense attorney. So if you want to be a willing and obedient, you want to come and reason with God, with Jesus Christ as your advocate, because at that point, it's not law that judges you. It's the cross that deems you innocent now because your guilt has now been put upon the son of God. And so that's, that's how you want to reason with God. You do not want to reason with God on I mean, that, that would be as foolish as me saying, okay, you know, I, I got a speeding ticket. Um, and, and so for the rest of my life, I'm going to obey the speed limit so I can out, so I can undo my speeding ticket. That, that ain't going to help you. You're, I still broke the law and there's still a penalty for it. And how much more the sinner, Keith, when you, when you transgress the law, the Bible calls you a transgressor. Now, you can't untransgress. You can't back up the time and, and, and undo your sin. Now you got to stand before God and you got to stand with the law as your judge. That is not a good place to be. No, it's not. And, and Paul wrestles with that in Romans 6 and 7 and 8, where he talks about the law, because the question is, well, now that there's this new economy of grace where God is willing to forgive us and restore us and make new people out of us, does that mean the law is invalidated? Does that mean we don't have to listen to the law anymore? And he says, no, the law is holy and the commandment is holy and it is righteous and it's good. This doesn't invalidate the law, but what it does, and, and this is the ultimate uh, um, the ultimate conclusion that that Paul reaches in Romans is it this completes the circle this completes the law this means that the the requirement of God's law for us to be righteous and holy has been met and now it is it is it is our choice in this in this matter to either believe it and to respond to it or to not believe it and to end up as uh, Isaiah says here in chapter 1 verse 20 in a very bad place. You had mentioned it, Matthew five seventeen. Jesus said, do not think that I've come to abolish the law, but I have come not to abolish it, but to fulfill it. That's the idea. It's not that the law was done away with. The law was enacted. Its judgment was enacted in the sense that God took sin and placed it on the son. So, so the law has been fulfilled right. and all of, you know, it, the, the Bible gives a fancy word called propitiation, right? It's a, it's a fancy word that just says it's God's satisfaction for the judgment demanded by law for the sin of humanity. And so he puts it on the son and God says, now I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with that, you know? And so I, I do like though, what, what he does say here, um, you know, when he says, um, though your sins be like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And that's the part that I like. I like the idea that that when I come as God calls me to come and I accept Christ, there is there is a fruit in that land that just cannot be experienced outside mm. of reasoning with God and having your sins forgiven. It, it's and, and you know this as well. It's just, it's it's amazing. So the grass is truly greener in God's pasture. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, that is so true, and and that is you know that is also uh, you know the the illustration that that David gives us in Psalm twenty three about the Lord being our shepherd. Jesus talks about in John uh, chapter ten uh, again when he's talking to Peter, he's talking about the care of God's sheep because God really does care about people, and He cares about those who come to Him in this place of humility and brokenness and dependence, saying, I need my sins forgiven. I agree. It's time for me to get my act together. And God says, you don't have to get your act together. I got the act together. I have it together. I'm going to forgive you. Now walk in these green pastures of abundance. 
these green pastures of blessing. And, you know, I don't want to dwell on verse 20, but it says, if you refuse and rebel, you will be eaten by the, by the sword. You know, yeah. the, the, the ultimate end for anyone apart from the forgiveness of God is paying for their own sins for eternity. Why do that when God has made the way by paying for our sins through Jesus Christ? It's been satisfied, just like you said, that that his righteousness is now ours. His blamelessness, that is, that there's nothing that can stick to Jesus at all because he's the perfect son of God. That same uh, you know, guilt-free way of living and existing can belong to us simply because we've trusted and received that forgiveness right. of our sins. Why go the other way? And, mm. and and it does boggle my mind more because I'm on this side. I'm now on the side where I've I've received God's grace by faith, and I'm thankful for it, and I'm humbled by it. And there's a mystery to me why so many people would would refuse what is so so liberating yeah. and so so easily and readily available if we would just come to him by faith. I I 100% agree with you, Keith. And I I would say this too. God's always extending invitations. You you see it in the book of Revelation, the very last chapter, the spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. God is extending his hand to reason with man. But the reasoning of God is found only in the Son. It is found in the Son because of the cross, specifically the cross. Specifically, the payment for sin was laid out only on the cross and nowhere else. Mm. And, and the agony that Jesus experienced prior to that was nothing compared to what the cross was because it's the cross where sin was atoned for. And that's where the blood was spilled out. And so for me, that's where God brings the person to reason. They bring him straight to, he brings him straight to the cross and says, here's your way out. Drink, be a part of what I have of this forgiveness, but this is your only way out. And if you choose not this, then to your point, Keith, God will on a day when we cross from this life to the next and we breathe our last here and our first breath in eternity, he will hand us books and all of our works will be written in these books and we will be judged according to what's in this book or in those books, and anyone's name who is not found written in the book of life, the Bible says very clearly, will have an eternal judgment passed on them, and that will be how God will reason with them if they choose to do it themselves. Mm. And God is reasoning with us right now. He's inviting with us. He's playing with us because he has a heart of compassion for us. Come to me. Come and have your sins forgiven. Come and receive the cleansing power that comes from the blood of Jesus Christ. Come and have a new life in him. And that is our heart here at Shouts of Grace Radio at Redemption Hill Church, is that you would know Jesus, that you would accept his grace for your life, his forgiveness for your sins, and his power to live in a way that pleases him. Pastor Steve, would you close this time in prayer? Yeah. Father, I pray for the listeners right now. I pray for anybody that has not made that commitment, Lord, to serve you, to ask for forgiveness of their sin. Lord, it is the single greatest thing that they can ever do in this life and the most important with eternity at stake. So Lord, give them give them faith as a gift, Lord, to say yes to you. Lord, I pray that you would invade their heart right now, God, and let them know that you love them and the reasoning is at the cross. You will forgive them of everything they've ever done if they will reason with you at the foot of the cross. This man paid the price for their sins and no one else. This God condescended and he entered time and space and he became a man and there was no one else. And Lord, I pray you would show our listeners that and give them the faith to respond. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And we'd love to hear from you. Visit shoutsofgraceradio.com if there's any way we can help you in your journey following Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.